On this video game heavy episode of the Last King Podcast, we've got Three Kingdoms, Total War, Rage 2, and we're finishing off with the new Aladdin. Just like how, how I like it. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Last King Podcast, starting with a fucking dick joke. <laughs> Which is per tradition to yeah, every Last King of Podcast dicks, show. Uh, who's the cool host again? <laughs> Oh, you mean Shafiq? Yeah, the one speaking right hey, now. Hey, everybody. <laughs> the biggest dick in the room right here. Yeah. <laughs> and biggest speaking dickest. of other little dicks. <laughs> Who we have? Little Dicky here. What's going on? <laughs> hey, Tom, little Dicky. <laughs> anyway, this is Mr. Toffee here. Okay. And, we, right. and we have Yellow Dick Toffee. <laughs> yellow Dick Toffee, yes. Yellow Fever. So, <laughs> yeah, we're going to be talking about a bunch of video games. As Finally, per... we're a video games podcast again. Finally, yeah. yes, yes. It's been a while, you know. Like, yeah. we need... Something more interactive. Something and we've got more... a nice range of video games this time around as well because we've got, you know, a uh, grand strategy title and a shooter title. Uh, sh- a and shooter. a bunch of indies we're probably not going to talk about because we don't have time for that. Yeah, yet. who gives a shit about indies anyway? <laughs> uh, we do when the VG episode happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll go on about how amazing uh, A Plague's Tale Innocence is uh, when it comes up. Whatever that is. I think, yeah, that, that's Sound... more mid-tier than indie, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it's like a double A rather Look, than... with a title that pretentious, it's possibly Jeff Keighley's favourite game. It's French, yeah. so yeah. It's even worse. <laughs> sure. No, and no, I think we know what Jeff Keighley is going to nominate or He's going to nominate Hideo Kojima's joint for yes. best joint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently Death Stranding is going to happen, so, oh, okay, what do you do again? It's, yeah. a, it's an action game with stealth like his last games, except with connections and strands and shit. So when you history. eat a baby, you gain stealth. Oh, no, no, when you eat the baby, you go back to the past. So oh, you're you still back. eating the baby. So you're still eating yeah, the baby. Well, they don't show him chomping on the baby, more like ingesting, you know, like life support. How ingesting. is that better? <laughs> I mean, like... <laughs> I don't know, it just sounds cooler. pretty baller and people would still buy a Hideo Kojima game if you literally had like a press X to eat baby. It's like, <laughs> tore of a piece, like a leg of a, from a chicken. It's just like, I think that's going to be a side quest on that in the game. I'm oh very God. sure that's a side He's quest. He's got like a, like a chips bag of fetuses that he just pops <laughs> in. <laughs> Tomato flavored fetus. Oh my god, it's true. They do taste so like this chicken. Is, yeah, this is how placenta Cannibals were like. accurate. <laughs> anyway, boys, uh, let's get like back to- on track. Like here. tomato salsa. Ah! Yeah. No, I, I like the segue we're going down. <laughs> Speaking of baby eating, <laughs> romantic kingdoms, apparently. Alright, so um, yeah, I guess we'll start off with Total War Three Kingdoms. Who here is familiar with Romance of the Three Kingdoms? Uh, Asian guys here, of course. Yeah, of course yeah. you are. <laughs> so, who here is familiar with Total War? Uh, yeah, nerds here. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're very, very familiar. We're very aware. <laughs> to set this up, the last historical Total War, which was a main game, was Attila, which came out in 2014. Which was alright. It was fine. I mean, it had some of the best siege maps with amazing fire mechanics, but the campaign was... Dog shit. Wait, wait. Yeah. This was a smaller title compared to the other Total Wars, like, like Shogun, Shogun right? and all that. Yeah. No, no. Uh, Teller was just as big. Oh, um, okay. no. But I think was... for a lot of people, they felt it was like not much of a total game, more like a like a reskin. It was right? a one point five of Rome two. They added yeah. uh, a couple of extra mechanics, but I mean, really something uh, that could be DLC, right? Kind of, and also released only I think two years after uh, Rome two. So uh, like, you could definitely tell they were re- reusing assets there. It was definitely the case of like Sega thinking, okay, let's overpriced this DLC and call it a new game I guess yeah I, I, I mean I don't know what went on uh, Creative Assembly usually have a bit more freedom than that but no, we don't know we don't know we don't know what's going on behind we the scenes we don't know and then after that they did Warhammer which apparently they're very good they did very good yeah. I've 
apparently they play quite well as well, but I have no interest in the Warhammer lore. Mm. And Thrones of Britannia, which was like a like a tiny release, came out last year, I think. Okay. It's by their Ukraine uh, studio, and it was pff, whatever, fine. Okay. So not really Creative Assembly made. It's... It was Creative Assembly Belgrade. Belgrade. Right, yeah. Right. So it's the B team basically. Yeah, literally B team. Okay, okay. And so I was a bit trepidatious coming into Total War Three Kingdoms. Why so? Because it looked like they kind of taken too many hints from uh, Total War because you had like these single unit generals. They didn't have uh, you know their their posse of horsemen around them, and uh, like the siege tactics looked a bit weird. Like the AI was being a bit wonky, and so people were like not really looking forward to this super much, and especially since it got delayed by about two months. This was meant to come out in March. It came out a week ago now. Yeah, as of this recording, it's been out for a week. Uh, yeah, and uh, well, I'm pleased to say this is probably now my favorite Total War. It's the best one so far. Yeah, the best this, one? Is, this is beating out Shogun 2 and the original Rome. This is basically them saying like, okay, we made all our mistakes or maybe we tried all these different things and this is the refined version of yeah, all that. And I think it's because they are leaning in hard into the romance aspect of the Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Yeah, definitely. So you have these larger-than-life generals who can, like especially Liu Bei, like people have tried it, he can kill a thousand men on his own. Sure, just press F to kill men. <laughs> yeah, but he just like runs off and he's like impossible to kill unless you, you gang, gang him up on him. A gang up on him? Yeah, sure. that's what I was trying to say. There you go. Um, and, I mean, I'll go in a little bit. Uh, so what they've done is they've moved away from the rock, paper, scissors kind of uh, mechanics that they used in previous Total War games. Mm-hmm. So like, you know... Uh, it's a bit more real-time, right? Even, no, it's more like... Uh, there's more like... Uh, they're using... Uh, what's the name of that Chinese uh, philosophy about like uh, the elements? Well, uh, Wuxing or something? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, no. they're using that for uh, the units. Basically, so, the Pokemon strategy: Earth yeah. beats fire, beats yeah. So, water. like Earth in this aspect are uh, swordsmen. Uh, air is uh, archers. Um, fire is uh, shock cavalry. Um, something else is like uh, melee cavalry, and then you have spear. And it and it all uh, mixes in quite well. And the different generals all like have these aspects. So you have the vanguard, which is the shock cavalry. And they do really good damage to other units, not so good against other generals. The champion, who has all the spearmen, he can just kill other generals like one on one. He's like your anti-general type. Yeah, yeah. But he's a bit weaker. Like, like, like uh, the what do you call the below hero tier? Kind of yeah. And then you've got the sentinel, who uh, is basically the the party tank. Like he just has a lot of hit points, and he could just like tank a lot of damage, and he gives. Buffs to like missile defense and like uh, reflecting charges from because it, like what I like about this is because it allows the player despite all the so-called uh, personalities of yeah. the different armies and the different generals, there is still room for customization, but it has to be within the, yeah. the framework of this. Yeah, right? and like the last two commander, uh, like kind of all round in terms of combat, but he gives a lot of passive buffs to his cavalry, mm. like stuff like you ignore forest penalties or like heavy difficult terrain penalties. Sounds awesome. Oh, it's pretty great. And then finally, Strategist, who's like, he can't do shit in melee. Like, he literally can go down to, like, uh, archers in melee. He's that weak. But he gives, like, passive debuffs. And, uh, like the cleric kind of character. Kind of. Right? And also, he has access to trebuchets. Mm. So, you, okay. you want him in your army. Oh, and uh, you have access to crossbows. Of course, crossbows. Yeah. And uh, here's uh, my top tip for strategy in Total War Three Kingdoms. Get Strategist, get all crossbows and one trebuchet. Glass the, cannon, yeah. Yeah, you mean. they 
the enemy melt away, like seriously melt away. So for the, so basically, uh, just don't make them get, don't make your enemies come too close. Well, course. just have a line of spears in front and like you know fire over, then I have cavalry to come around and like take out their archers and smash. Standard okay. tactics. So here's the question I think a lot of people are wondering. Uh, uh-huh. So, hey, white boy, what do you think of uh, ancient Chinese legends? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> because this is a Total War version of Three Kingdoms, you're not exactly following the story. Like, you have... Dude, even the story doesn't follow the story. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But um, I in the campaign version, you have what's called dilemmas, where like a, a thing pops up and you have to choose one of the options. And one of the options is to follow what the story says. So, for example, if you're playing as uh, Gung Sun, yeah, you have the option to um, like attack uh, your old overlord at the behest of your of uh, Yan Shao, but then get betrayed by Yan Shao. So you can follow the story that way. Okay. Uh, or you can be uh, you can play as Dong Zhuo and choose to have Dao Chan come and kill you. Is there a option to fuck it? <laughs> yeah, you, can, you have totally option, totally the option to say go away, you harlotin. I'm not going to. You know, let you get between me and my adoptive son. So here's another important question. Uh, Mr. Toffee, how are yep. you dealing with uh, Tom's pronunciations of the names? That's <laughs> <laughs> good. Cool. Love that, is there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying, okay? Hey, you can just say the green guy, the red guy, and the blue guy, we understand too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the dilemma is like, help with the story. But otherwise, it's just a Total War game where you have a bit more like, larger than life characters. Okay. So- which includes... Um, like in Three Kingdoms, friendships and rivalries. Yeah. And you can have a thing where your three generals in the army really dislike each other. Which is the fun way to play, actually. Yeah, but the thing is, like, if you lose, one of them might just rebel. Or, like, they'll have, like, active debuffs against each other while they're fighting. Okay. So you want to have, like, three good friends fighting together. What? Yeah, yep, because yep. then you do extra damage. Who wants to play it properly? What but then you, you can then? fight your rival on the battlefield and then you have, like, this big epic duel. Okay. Like you can get your. Uh, you actually have a mechanic now where uh, generals will one on one duel each other, and so whilst they're dueling, is this new up, for total uh, three kingdoms, or yeah. has it been done? Yeah, before? it's kind of new. Yeah, and so like okay. you press duel, and then like they're left alone in the middle of the field. Like the army will literally like, melt around them to give them space to it fight. It turns into a street fighter match. Ah, <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> like the and original Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, yes, one one. like I mean, the original Dynasty Warriors. It's kind of epic to watch as like your armies are like, killing each other, and then you have you know, like two. Sworn rivals, like I think what do they call it? They call it like the cinematic battle experience or something. Kind of, yeah. And yeah. it looks pretty, and it actually does have uh, a mechanical advantage because you're taking out a potential threat to your army. You're like, you know, keeping occupied while you kill off the army, and then you can like, surround him and like gank him when you're done. Okay. If no. you lose, I if mean, you win, then you kill him. I would say also this, right? Uh, I mean, it's really important that uh, we allow Tom to go ahead and uh, uh, review this game because, uh-huh. uh, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> Well, I, just, I do care a little bit because I don't it's care something so much. I'm a fan of the Tree Kingdom stuff, but it's like the thing is, I kind of fell off the Total War bug because I think it was after the Rome one. You didn't like Rome one? I I liked Rome one, and then it felt like oh, I think it's it's just gonna be like this for now on. Uh, I mean, and then every yeah. other change felt incremental, and now everybody's kind of like telling me, no, no, no. Okay, out of all the incremental changes, they put it all into one like a uh, delicious new package, and it's a great say entry point for. Like new players and also for people who kind of like, yeah because I I mean I've not played a proper Total War game in a while so yeah. I'm a bit on the rusty side but it was, this was even on normal it was challenging me like it felt familiar but at the same time yeah. there was a lot of new things to learn and right? the AI have learned from like they've made the AI definitely a bit smarter like they will okay. you know uh, not charge in, well sometimes they'll charge to spears but most of the time they will try and avoid your spears and like not shoot your heavily armored people. 
And like when yeah. they're doing a, a siege assault, they'll do from multiple angles, so you have to like divert your attention. I mean, how about you, John? What are your thoughts on the new Total War? Well, Rome. actually, I'm curious about the diplomacy and uh, negotiations in this oh. game. I heard it's pretty detailed, is it? Oh, it is the best that it's been. Uh, because now have you have this thing called quick deal where you can at a glance say who does who wants a trade agreement who wants peace okay for the impatient ones uh. yeah well, well like, because in other total war games if you wanted to like, get like trade which you need because you need money like, do you want one no do you want one no do you want one no at this yeah. one you can just go like okay they all say no this guy says maybe this guy says yes so i'll go for the yes guy first then i'll try no issue with the maybe guy Okay, I mean, and they kind of streamlined the experience yeah. a bit. And then there's like more stuff, like you can trade ancillaries. So like, you know, you yeah, you can trade posses or like weapons for like cash or other people. You can have marriage agreements, which is different from alliances. You can form coalitions, which are not alliances because you don't have to like join their wars. Okay. But you, it's good to be in a coalition just so like, you know, you're not alone. How many hours are you in already? Uh, 27 hours. How far are you in the campaign? Uh... I'm playing currently as uh, Kong Rong, and I am one siege away from becoming emperor. One siege away from becoming yeah. emperor. So that's the goal, uh, more or less, be yeah. emperor. Well, yeah, because uh, there's also like a progression of like your main character, where you start off as like a minor duke, and you come to like marquee like duke, so you become the duchy of whatever. Then you become a kingdom, where you call yourself emperor, but then there are predators who call themselves emperor. Then you have to kill the other kingdoms. And then you become emperor. And since there's only two other kingdoms, it's not going to take that long. <laughs> but it depends. Like uh, my the other two kingdoms was uh, the son of Gongshun Sun and uh, then uh, Sun Tzu as the other two. And Sun Tzu is a piece of shit to fight. Jesus Christ! Well, he wrote the book on war. Yeah, no, no, that's Sun Tzu. <laughs> it's a joke. I know. <laughs> yeah, but um, now I mean, this game is definitely amazing. So in the pantheon of every single Total War game, this is number one now. This is number one now for me, yeah. For sure. For sure. I mean, there'll always be a special place in my heart for uh, Medieval 2, Shogun 2, and Rome. The original Rome. Okay. I mean, but, I like the original Rome a lot too. Oh yeah, the original yeah. Rome is fantastic, but playing back now, ooh, the AI is really, really dumb. Yeah, true. I mean, you need to get the mods too. Uh, to yeah, really yeah. enjoy the experience. Well, like, um... Rome 2 with the, the uh, dividing and conquer uh, mod is very, very good. Well, so this wouldn't be the last King Podcast. What are the nitpicks? Uh, nitpicks, um, I mean, it actually, uh, there's not that much because it's optimized very well. Like, I'm running on my laptop, which has a 1060. Mm -hmm. So a bit long in the tooth now. Okay. But I'm playing on, um, like, uh, ultra quality, uh, good unit size, and... Uh, Frames are a steady 35, 40. So technically it's solid. But yeah, I technically mean, it's solid. In uh, other terms, is there anything else? I mean, it, I mean, um, they need to patch out Yuan Shao because he just vassalizes everyone. Mm. Like it's actually become a okay. meme on the subreddits where like, <laughs> okay. you know, minding your own business, suddenly like Yuan Shao has like this big vassal swarm, like you versus the rest of the world. Well, he is the red turtle shell of the Romance of the Three Kingdoms saga, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like in it. And also, uh, I think they've patched it already, but like Archer... The uh, towers and settlements are stupidly OP. Like, they can uh, one-shot kill most of your generals if you're not careful. Mm. It's like, mm. come on, like, they're meant to be these great warriors. It'd be kind of bullshit if they got, like, killed by Archer Fire. But then you read the history and, like, oh, yeah, that's how he died. Well, yeah, that's how straight, died. Straight, yeah. straight arrow. Yeah, yeah. of course. Should, should apply to every single hero, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> and also, um, I didn't play records mode, so I don't know, but there's another version, which is records, where you don't have the single units. They have, like, their general posse, and they don't have the same abilities, but, like, 
otherwise more skirmishy, right? But it's more more realistic. Yeah, I know what you mean. Kind of, yeah. Mm. For the uh, for, for the nerd years amongst the nerds. Yeah, which I haven't played yet, but apparently it's quite fun. But uh, apparently exhaustion's unforgiving. Okay. Uh, yeah, nitpicky wise, like sometimes the AI is a bit bulky. Uh, I mean, those you 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 can't like yeah. fix immediately. One time, uh, my sound just cut out in one of the, the matches. Are you playing off on Steam or did you get it off Steam? Okay. Yeah, and also this game does have the nouveau, so you know, <laughs> seriously, Sega, stop it. <laughs> It doesn't work. They're a sponsor. They can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> but now overall, I have very little to complain about this game. This is 9 like out of 10. Like the quintessential Total War experience yeah. for you, right? If you've fallen off the Total War bandwagon, this is a way to get in. Okay. Because it's more narrative-driven, so you feel more kind of like drawn in. All right. Yeah, uh, for sure. I usually skip the cutscenes, but I'm, yeah. I'm really interested in like the new battle systems. And also, I mean, I'm a big fan of the, the romance saga. Being a uh, an elderly statesman <laughs> myself, I I wasn't around then, but yeah. <laughs> I was aware of it. Well, I mean, yeah. I was there. I know what happened. <laughs> also, which coupon have you been using, Shafiq? All is, the coupons. This is also quite a uh, fun game uh, to play. As like you know, uh, at the same time, the Roman Empire was at its peak. You're thinking, oh yeah, they were like the height of technological advancement over in China. Yeah, we got cantilever trebuchets. We, we have fire. Up, we have we freaking gunpowder. <laughs> yeah, like you know. Yeah, you realize. Oh yeah, China was definitely much more advanced than we Look, were. Look, when the Romans figured out like uh, lavatories, like China was already sending people into space. <laughs> yeah, sure, we'll <laughs> go know? with that. They, they, they of... harness dragon power. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of sending people into space, uh, Rage Two. Rage Two. Uh, <laughs> so this happened. Yeah. Yep. So and from my glowing praise to uh, <laughs> to the to the barren wasteland that is, what happened to this IDIP? Hey, hey, hey. So, Rage Actually, 2 happened. Actually, I have to answer this one question. Did we really need a sequel to Rage? Did anybody ask? The first Rage was kind of hey, hey, forgettable. Hey, 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 that one Rage player really loved it, okay? He wanted <laughs> yeah. to see the continuation of the story. Actually, no, the thing is about Rage is like, um, I mean, the context is basically every ID game up till Rage was basically a tech demo for the new engine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, because you have to understand, before Rage was like games like Quake and Doom, which was uh-huh. basically arena shooters where things were set within the confines of like a like a room with corridors and then they said okay let's make it open world let's join in with all the other games out there like because Grand Theft Auto was a thing yeah people wanted to roam and do stuff and then like, you have to also understand like before games like Borderlands or before any looter shooter Rage was probably one of the pioneers of like open world shooting I mean you had games like Tribe and Tribes 2 which but was that's f- it though which that's was it. fine you know and then Battlefield was like pretty much like at, what, at that point the biggest like open world shooter right Mm, and that so, was more yeah. like for like uh, multiplayer matches for single player in terms of first person shooter I think Borderlands was the only one that really stood out before but Rage Borderlands was way after man Rage was a long time ago man yeah, no, Rage think was 2009 no, 10 first. around no, sure? yeah, Borderlands was yeah, first Rage yeah. 2 so the original Rage came out in 2013 2010 no 2012 2010 I think 2010 it's, around no, that no cause time. like Carmack was still around like this yeah. is before he jumped ship and moved over to Oculus slash wow. definitely 2010 because this is like one of the last things it. he worked on as yeah. a game so when developer. did the first Borderlands come out 2009 2009 yeah so just time, yeah. before so and like here's the, the strange for probably you know, and, and guess what here's the strange thing uh, this is the year Borderlands 3 comes out and yes. Rage 2 has a lot to stack up against which is in, not in his favour at all because you also have to understand this is the year that uh, the biggest uh, disappointment in looter shooters also arrived in the in, in the name of Anthem. Oh, please don't remind <laughs> me. We will always be... You know what's funny? 
EA just like stopped caring. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's apparently like, just, sure. just dead. Like no one. They did announce anymore. new content, but I think even Bioware was like uninter- uninterested in talking about it when they did the well, stream. Well, thing is, they announced they they still have up the information about like the big cataclysm event, which hasn't yes, happened. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, because they're still doing <laughs> basic bug fixes. Look, the, you know what the cataclysm event is, right? What the company shuts down. <laughs> The actual that's cataclysm. cataclysm yes. No more Mass Effects either. Uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Three I'll, was enough. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll replay the trilogy. So okay, um, for all you fans of the looter shooter, I mean it's not really a looter shooter. It's an open world shooter, and like the thing about Rage is, uh, it does a lot of things very well because yeah. like the ID pedigree when it comes to the shooting. Oh my god, it was so good. It's it's up there with like Beautiful. Doom in terms of like fast paced frenetic and uh, balls out action, and then. Getting to the shooting parts, that's <laughs> that's the number one problem. Because uh, the thing is, is like they really wanted to make this world big, and when when they said big, somebody said, "Oh, then things just need to be really far apart," <laughs> and like there's nothing like hardcore action gamers want more than just to get in a commute dune buggy and commute to the next fucking event or the next random encounter. And it's like, you know what? These vistas and this open wasteland, it's nice for the first 10 minutes. 20 minutes or at in least is for like, the first hour or so. And then it bogs on to you later on. Uh, you more. do have fast travel options, but... And it's actually pretty quick, at the very least. And it's pretty quick, least. but here's the problem. Not available till you actually get there. Oh. So it's oh, like... Oh, it's, it's a Skyrim model. It's, it's, the, it's the Witcher 3 model. It's like, it's like yeah, like, Witcher 3. You can't yeah. fast travel until you've already been there. And to get there is like, hey... Check out this, like, you no know, dilapidated previous city, and you're like, okay, that's cool. When do I get to shoot things? I mean, like, for guys like me, I was bored out of my mind. And the thing is, when you enter like a new like skirmish or a new area of action, it's like, all right, yeah, this is fun, this is amazing. Uh, that was over pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah with uh, the bandit camps and when you're liberating like those uh, toll yeah. gates and stuff. Yeah, those are really fun, you know. I mean, those are fun, and it's like because it's like okay, then it turns into like Doom again. It's like okay, uh, I'll jump on this platform or I'll go to this corridor, or I'll, I'll flank this guy, and then you like, and then when it's over, you're like. Okay, when's where's the next battle? Way over there. <laughs> <laughs> Get going. You don't want to miss him. <laughs> Get going. And it's like, that's the problem with Rage. Is like, I mean, usually we always have these uh, complaints about pacing in games. Yeah. So yeah, this game has a pretty bad pacing. And, uh, or padding in games. And if the padding is an entire desert, it's like, ah. Do you know which other games have had complaints about uh, padding and pacing? What? Just Cause 4 and the, the Mad Max game. This is worse. Do you know who made those games? Guess what? The same Avalanche, guys who... The people who Avalanche, made the yes. open world segments of Rage 2. Which is like, yeah. here's the strange thing. Because it's like, I'm on the side of the fence of like, why do you guys like Just Cause 3? It's not that great. And it, like, for some reason, like, people I meet or like, friends of mine are like, no, Just Cause 3 is like one of the best open world shooters ever. And it's like... It kind of peaked at part 2. It kind of peaked at part 2, but it's like, yeah. this is it. It's, it's just running around, killing things, and it's like, yeah, but you have the ability to go anywhere and everywhere. It's like, okay, so at least you had the parachute. Yeah. Imagine if you're just limited to a dune buggy that goes at a very, like, you know, about 30 kilometers per hour. Yeah, I mean, like, the reason why I didn't mind going for a fucking ever in Just Cause 2 was I had a grappling hook and Bingo. explosives. Or if you found a plane, hey, sky's yeah. the limit. Or you can just, like, you know, aerial drop a plane for to fly somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because you that can't, works. You can't do that in Rage 2. Well, technically, you get a flying gyroscope if you complete certain missions, but it takes a while, even yeah. that, it takes a while. And <sighs> here's the thing, like, traversal is only interesting when you get new vehicles to play. The thing is about Rage 2, you get the best vehicle in the game at, like, the first 10, 15 minutes and... 
you pretty much don't want to use every other car at all because they suck. Yeah, the mean, racing, the driving sucks in this game. Except terribly. when you use a Phoenix. Yeah. QA should have flagged up saying, hey, we should probably not reward people uh, traversing stuff by like not making traverse anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, this is beyond QA. This is like from the pre-production state. Like, like pure game not, design you know. uh, aspect. Like, you don't reward people by making them not have to do a thing anymore. This is not like a job yeah. or school. It, it feels weird because it does literally feel like you're commuting. And the thing is that you're, there are times when I just like, you know, uh, press W or uh, I pr pr uh, I'll press forward on the keyboard yeah. put a weight on it just walk away <laughs> and then come back and like, oh I'm still going huh? <laughs> you've not hit anything it does feel like that yes. something like that. did I miss anything apparently not okay so th that's the only major problem with Rage 2 in the fact that I think somewhere on the design team people are trying to convince uh, like everybody is like oh we gotta make this the biggest game ever it's like oh yeah it's, it's really big uh, do we have time to fill it up with shit you know like The Witcher 3 where like every 5 minutes you'll bump into something yeah this feels like oh yeah this place is big why and, and, and the <laughs> stuff you bump into in is mostly just like just the action bits and then more places to go to I mean so there are set pieces large. as well that, this also sounds like a bad case of Ubisoftitis yeah, yeah. That's it, I think. And the thing is, like, because you're so limited to your ability to go between areas. <laughs> I mean, like, the problem with Mad Max was definitely that a lot of the, like, the the traveling or the driving segments got really boring. Especially if you, once you do, like completed all the convoy missions, they don't respawn anymore. Yeah. So it's literally like I got nothing to do. <laughs> Whereas in Rage, is like you feel that from the very beginning. It's like at first, <coughs> like when I was playing it, I thought to myself, like, okay, it, this might. This is probably just, you know, baby steps. Maybe things have to unlock or maybe yeah. things will pop up once more action happens. Yeah. Oh no, this is it. Huh? This is it for the entire game. Yeah. I mean, and I'm I gotta about mention, yeah. 15 to 20 hours in and it's like, I still, I don't have any incentive to complete it. It's oh like, no. It, I literally feel like the action is good and the thing is, it's like, I think it's the, it's the weird marriage of like unnecessary open world versus like the tight frenetic like action of games like Doom like Doom yeah yeah. yeah because like the thing is like, even though like a lot of people complain that Doom felt short it's like because yeah, like yeah you, you have to actually work really fast to clear rooms or else yeah. you're fucked yeah but that 8 hours of Doom is <coughs> paced well it's yeah, just structured very well and it's well. also got insane replayability like even if you, it's the same enemies it's like okay well now I can try this strat because this will shave us some time and yeah. also arcade mode also helped yeah. things yeah. Oh, arcade mode is fantastic, yeah, man. Fantastic, Doing it for dude. points? Yes! <laughs> no, but it's like... So, that's the thing. It's like, if you just removed, like, the, the avalanche parts or you just, like, shortened it or, like, you didn't need to make the world so big, like, it could have just made this game decent. Yeah. But then again, like, also when, you th when I think about it, it's like, as much as I enjoyed the skirmishes and all the battles, it felt really repetitive after a while it's like okay once you got used to the enemy types and once you got like decent weapons it's like yeah. oh this is it also for the rest of it uh -huh. so here's the uh, elephant in the room uh, loot boxes or microtransactions yep. no nothing wait nothing nothing <coughs> Oh, okay. Well, okay. This is ID. ID, ID slash Bethesda slash who's on top again? Uh, Avalanche, Avalanche. I mean, Av Avalanche did the open world segments. I yeah. mean, it wasn't... I this is this is published by Bethesda. Bethesda, so, yeah. Uh, so ZeniMax, I guess. Oh, yeah. ZeniMax. There you yeah. go. That's the, who I'm mentioning. And then there's also like... Uh, like it, It's not the, the, the original ID team. It's the guys who did Doom, but I don't think yeah. it's the A team. Because the A team is uh, definitely... It's a guy named Doom Hugo sequel. and a bunch of others who did Doom, yeah. 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 So designs, like... Yeah. If you just got rid of all the traveling and you just made it like like a Doom game mm. where it's like basically Doom set in the Mad Max universe, yeah, this would definitely be like 9 upon 10. 
But because it decided to fill itself up with all this unnecessary scenery, and you have to understand, it's like most guys who play games like this, guys who play the original range or fans of the ID brand, is yeah. like, okay, I want my fast-paced frenetic action. You you hit it out of the park with Doom. This is the next thing we have to play until that the Doom sequel. Yeah, I and mean, then for a lot of us, it felt like, oh, this it, is not scratching that itch enough. It's it's that kind of game. <laughs> Yeah, and plus the main story missions, I mean, they're not as good as like the side stuff and the assault missions you do. It feels very rote, like something that's been done in Doom, but much worse, like uh. fighting bosses and everything. It just feels like, oh, I'm just going through these pacings in a giant tank, shoot a few things, and then fight a boss who has like three Mars bars layers of health, and then that's it. I mean, you that's, know, that's a nice zero punctuation reference. Yeah, Three Mars the, bars. The, and the thing is... I at the end of the day, like after finish the game, I actually preferred just going around, just finding these bandit camps and like these yeah. uh, little places with the architect to just go nuts with the shooting, fighting all the enemies coming at you at, from the back, from the side, and everything. Those yep. are actually more. When fun. it doesn't feel planned, when it's like yeah. a random encounter like that, it's kind of fun. Oh, it's but more then, fun, yeah. The problem is, is like there comes a, a point where you just actively seek it out, and it doesn't appear or occur enough. Uh, so it comes to a point where you're also like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. I don't want to keep doing this forever. Yeah, I mean, it's like that thing where, like, you when you want to avoid someone in real life, but you keep seeing them everywhere. Yeah. Or, actually, or like when you try to find someone, you can't fucking find them. Yep. So uh, here's the thing about Rage 2. Uh, it's not good? It's <laughs> not good, but there is a way to fix this. Oh, yeah? What they need to do is, let, w- you got to do the DLC thing. You got to start filling up the game with things to do. The map needs to like arcade mode, to the brim, basically. Yeah. Maybe the not arcade mode, mode pr- like but basically like I wouldn't mind if like you quickly like um I don't know like imagine like remember when Borderlands 2 came out and people thought it was like a little bit too short. Mm-hmm. But then you had this like barrage of DLC that came later that just kept expanding on the world it didn't make it bigger it just filled it up with more stuff to do yeah, yeah. and then you had like uh, more mini stories more que- uh, more like weapons and stuff so mm-hmm. that's all Rage 2 needs to do because this game I would say feels like it's not finished yeah you know it what I mean like like they built a gigantic world and it. they didn't fill it up enough in time for deadline and the thing is because I think I'm also suspecting that they leaked the trailers uh, bunny ears leaked yeah <laughs> and it, like this is basically we gotta push something out because you know the quarter is ending mm-hmm. so it has, a, it has a taste of that I mean like even in the art design it's just like oh yeah it's like the doom Mars terrain with pink all over for some reason now yeah some pink like, with all the flare lights and everything and this yeah. limbs cool I guess but, like, <laughs> considering they've had nine years potentially to like think about this nah I don't think so I mean like a, a place like ID is like I mean if they were to split it between Avalanche and ID like Avalanche you handle probably two three years tops yeah so yeah. I mean what, what I this is my suspicion is like these teams didn't communicate at all yeah it felt like it okay, sounds like it it sounds like okay like they were building <laughs> a map and then ID was just building like uh, all these uh, scenarios and set pieces and then, like, when they finally came together for the last sprint meeting, it's like, okay, how are we going to combine this shit? Mm-hmm. Oh, apparently your, your world's too big and we don't have enough skirmishes. So they, they just evenly spaced it out and unfortunately doing so meant that, oh, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of traveling, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, let marketing do its job. Make it look fun than it actually is. Let's have a leaked trailer and see how people are interested. And when people kind of showed interest, it's like, Looks like we need to push the product. We can't cancel this then. Yeah, uh, <laughs> quick, get Andrew WK to perform five minutes so we sure. can like, fill up the time. Remember Andrew WK? He had that one song, Party Hard. Yeah. yeah. And the other one, which uh, we. It sounds like Party Hard. Yeah. <laughs> or have like a DLC for Rage 2 featuring Andrew WK as a as, like, character the final in the boss? game. Yeah, yeah you know sure, what? why the hell not? <laughs> what you should do easily 
the Mad Max DLC. Uh, I want to play against Immortan Joe. I want to have the the convoy battles because it's like yeah. the vehicular battle is not that great. No, it's not. You know, and it needs like, better vehicles. It needs better. I mean, again, the gyrocopter was actually kind of there's some promise there you can do with that, but that's it. You know, you only got like the best one for the Phoenix, which you can use. I, I again, the the other vehicles just feel terrible, or they just feel lackluster. There's nothing that sets it apart or make it more special than the Phoenix that you get early in the game. Yeah, I mean, if anything, uh, Rage Two just feels unfinished, and it felt like it had a really tight deadline. Maybe the teams didn't work together properly. I I don't know because I didn't pay attention to any of the developers' twitters or like kept up to date with their development log. But it's. It's not bad, but it's extremely disappointing when you think about the the ID pedigree. Yeah, because I didn't really care that much about the Avalanche pedigree. It's like I'm not yeah, I mean, a fan of what they do. I have mixed yeah. feelings about Avalanche. Like some stuff I like. Uh, Just Cause Three still doesn't fucking work on my laptop. So. It doesn't work on anybody's yeah. <laughs> machine, actually. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a console port, right? On the one on Steam. Yeah, and even on it, like it managed to like uh, crash consoles. It was that badly made. Mm. And Mad Max was kind of mixed, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's okay. fine, I guess. I mean, like for a game that combined the best of uh, Ubisoft's fighting with the, like the open world narrative of the Mad Max universe, it's fine. But it it felt like you know, like yeah, you could do more with this. This seems like a good demo. But if you're trying to pitch it to us and as a fully fleshed out and complete like retail game, yeah, this ain't it. Not for that price point, sirs. I'm sorry. Nah. We'll wait. I, as uh, so, last game fans, wait for sale. Wait yeah, for sale or, uh, or buy avoid. Total War Three Kingdoms. Or buy Total War Three Kingdoms. Or if you want a good uh, looter shooter or big desert game, Borderlands Two is really cheap on Steam now. Yeah, I think you can buy like the complete edition for twenty dollars. Think maybe less, bro. Maybe yeah. five bucks, <coughs> ten bucks. Yeah, summer sales coming up very soon. There yeah, you go. end of the June. End of June, most likely. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, or wait for Borderlands Three, which is right around the corner. <laughs> Hopefully, not on Steam though. <laughs> Not on Steam though, oh. so yeah, there you go. We'll be on the Epic Fail, sorry, Epic Game Store. <laughs> uh, the Epic Fail Store. <laughs> you know what? Actually, what before we cap it off, like I gotta ask Shafiq, what yes. was your favorite weapon in Rage Two? Since it's an ID game, we gotta at least mention this once. Uh, what is that thing that's kind of like a rocket launcher? A uh, smart rocket launcher. <laughs> that was the one, right? I think that's it, right? The smart yeah, yeah, rocket smart launcher. launcher. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of hilarious. <laughs> because a spud gun is like something that shoots potatoes. Oh, you mean the graph dart? Oh. The graph dart weapon, the one where you hit something and then you hit the other thing and then it tethers, pulls people together. Eh, there's a lot of funny stuff you can do. That with was that. okay, but like the thing is, the physics didn't work all the time because sometimes uh, you could see the thing just like stick to something and it just flops and like, oh, okay, that was a okay. So this is definitely like Avalanche saying, please, can we have like something like the grappling hook in this game? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty it much. It felt like much. that. It's like, oh, okay, it's like the thing is, if you have your basic pistol, machine gun, those things, yeah, uh, still effective. What about the boomerang? Is it any good? No. Uh, no. Actually, no. if you upgrade it it's to like, wonk. if you can tag up to three people and it explodes on the last tag, then it gets more fun. Yeah, but the thing is, like, when you get there, you want to really savor the kill, so you don't use the big guns. You just want to like take your time because you know it's gonna be about twenty minutes till the next time this happens. Yeah, I do appreciate the shotgun in this game, though, especially when you're in overdrive. It's a doom mode. shotgun. I know, just, I know, that's but it's what still it is. fun. Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the doom shotgun. Yeah. Just run up to a guy and un- unload right in his face. And you can yeah. use alternate fire just to push someone off a cliff, which is fine. I kind of enjoy that I, physics. I, I for do that. enjoy throwing people off cliffs. Yes. I, I'm sure you do, Fuzroda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so okay, uh, last game fans, Rage to. Okay. Five it's okay. 10. It's still kind of a game. 
It's still kind of a game. It's still kind of a game. That's the best phrase you can give it. It works. It's a game. It's I mean, I bought it on Steam. I pressed the button. It launched. It launched. Did you on Steam? I, got on I Steam. killed a bunch of dudes. It was it's fine. It's not doing the Bethesda launcher anymore. I mean, you can go through that too if you yeah. want. Yeah. But it's like, basically this. Um, if you liked Rage 1, which came out, whoever remembers, and it's like, it's uh, more of the same, but... The thing is, we've seen so many other games do this so well. Yeah. That it's strange that like, for... like, I'm not even going to mention Avalanche again. It's just basically the ID brand is like... The ID brand is there when it's the ID brand. When it's yeah. the shooting. But this feels like... Yeah, you guys should have communicated better or something. Like, it, it really felt like it was two ideas or two visions that didn't quite mesh together towards the end. Yeah. yeah speaking of uh, two ideas that don't quite mesh together... Uh, Guy Ritchie brings us... <laughs> yes, the new Aladdin movie. From the deserts of rage to the... Wastelands of Agrabah. To the wastelands of... Okay, we need to talk about this because SEO. And because yeah. we're all huge fans of Will Smith here on The Last Game Podcast, <laughs> yeah. apparently. And also, uh, I should probably start off this review before we launch in. Okay. The Aladdin that came out in 91... Is my favorite of the Renaissance Disney movies. Really? By far. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, okay. sorry. It's 92. My bad. It's, your, it's 92. But 92. Still, yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah. So this is my favorite of the Renaissance uh, Disney movies. Which is right after uh, yeah, Ariel was the first so one. So Ariel was the first one. The last one was Mulan? I thought Beauty and the Beast was 1991. That was also yeah. really, really But good. no, 89 was... Uh, but Ariel was the first one. Yeah, 89. Little Mermaid was 89. Yeah, yeah. Mermaid, yeah. this, Aladdin. Yeah. Then after that, uh, the juggernaut that would be the Lion King. Mm, yeah, yeah, Lion King. And uh, Mulan was the last one. Oh, and uh, Pocahontas, which I don't think is that good, but people love it. Uh, it's got its fans, but I would yeah. say it's the weakest of the, 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 the new school princesses. Yeah. And uh, one little uh, side note. The first time I saw this movie was in French. Oh, okay. I think you mentioned this. Yeah. And, in uh, our Disney Princess Diatribes episode. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks but, for reminding us. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> well, for all the new listeners. All three of them, I guess. <laughs> hey, shh, 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 shh. Thank you. Your, pre- your support is much appreciated. Je m'appelle Shafiq. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, Thomas. <laughs> wow. Anyway. All right. And uh, the fromage over here is <laughs> the fromage. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, we're gonna do basically with spoilers of course he rubs the lamp genie happens yeah okay. spoiler alert it's exactly the same fucking movie which is what they did with uh, Beauty and the Beast and what they did with Jungle Book too right and Jungle Book there was a bit of uh, Lord of the Rings sort of army I mean not tra- army they, thing going on right they changed it a little bit, yeah, a little uh, bit. enough to make it Shere Khan more interesting and scary rather than just like appear in the last 10 minutes of the movie mm. yeah. he wasn't a final boss he was basically no. a th- and uh, they like inspired casting for getting Idris Elba to be the voice of Shere Khan. I can see that. Yeah, I, can totally yeah. I see actually that. enjoyed that Jungle Book remake. Yeah, in some parts. Uh, yeah, not the one that Andy Serkis made. That one was. Uh, oh, I didn't see that one. Pile so. of trash. Yeah. It's bad, really bad. Oh man. So okay, let's uh, go right into this. So um, let's all establish that we're all fans of the original oh, yeah. Aladdin animated movie from mm-hmm. Disney. Yeah. Which okay, let's just say it out now. It does not really quite follow the lore accurately. <laughs> Well, it's based on not so much. Uh, you yeah, know, I mean, a but it's the same with every other Disney. It's movie. an adaptation. Yeah, Let's I, just say that. Yeah, because like Ariel didn't like dissolve into sea foam at the end of Little Mermaid, which would have been awesome. Or they made her yeah. age the actual age. Yeah. What fourteen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> creepy, like the age yeah, of slightly, so you feel slightly high. less creepy. Yeah, but she's a cartoon. Yeah, you can have sex with like underage cartoon characters. There's no law against <laughs> that, it yet. That's a fucking soundbite. Of course you can. Okay, I'm from Asia. We have hentai. Anyway, <laughs> boys and girls. Uh, so. If you are 
a fan of that, you are definitely of a certain age or demographic. Yeah. Now, this movie comes out and this is coming up off the tail end of the whole... Um, Disney decided to remake their own properties because they ran out of ideas apparently. Yeah. Or there's no other Hans Christian Andersen fairy tales you could do. I yeah. think Disney, it was more Disney's like Disney, they have ideas but the problem is, I mean, or a solution is the executives figured... Why not just make more money out of like the uh, just remaking the stuff we've already made? Because I mean, it's instead literally of, like ri- hiring a writer to write a script, just get the old script out. No, it's not even that. I think it's more of the sense that we already own the IP. Yes. Yeah. Anything with it, so it's like it, it's not even IP. Like they're they're um like a eminent domain. No, but the thing is, eminent domain is the source material. This version of Aladdin only okay. they can redo. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, only they have. Rights and the thing is, is really like this is the lunchbox version of Star Wars. If you True. think about it this way, it's like True. we own this thing. Let's put it on other things and sell that based on brand loyalty and brand recognition. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. like, it's strange for me to see like like when Beauty and the Beast came out. Like me and John both agreed. Like, why? Yeah. Why did <laughs> it was need to this be done? totally necessary? Although to be fair, yeah. I was a little bit okay with it at first. It was fine. But I mean, you gave it a very good review. Remember? Yes, you did. I, get, I, did loved, I did. He preferred like the no, no. This is that one part uh, when Emma Thompson was singing a Beauty and the Beast, but. I don't know. After looking back at Beauty and the Beast and then now watching this Aladdin, your tastes I have improved. <laughs> it's, more like, to say. it's more like, huh? Maybe we shouldn't give Disney that much slack in the end, in the sense because Di- I haven't been giving Disney slack at all, sir. Yeah. I've been consistent the whole time. Yeah, at the end so, of the day, time to shit on this Aladdin. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. It's all about anyway, money in the end. That's what it they're doing. It is all yes. about money, which is why they decided to have Will Smith take on one of the most iconic roles of all times. And the thing is, you have to also understand, is like, okay, Robin Williams delivered a once-in-a-lifetime uh, masterclass in, like, spontaneity, like, in ad-lib, in delivery. Yeah. The and role was I made for him when he was in his prime doing stand It was stand-up. literally just Robin Williams being Robin Williams. Yeah, and yeah. Then here, and like, everybody's complaining, like, so how is Will Smith going to do it? And it's very obvious that Will Smith decided to do the whole, yeah, I'm not going to try. <laughs> Which, I'm just gonna be Will Smith Will Smith from honest, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air I actually did like this genie as well yeah. I think it worked I think it worked in context to Will Smith Yeah, and I, it was kind of fun Like, This is why I say If you are going to remake your own shit Do something different the next time around So at least you know, you're not literally wasting everyone's time Yeah, and this genie has quite a bit of yeah. swagger I mean, the different kind of genie I mean no one's going to yeah. be able to follow up what Robin Williams did posthumous no, and all and that. So yeah, kudos to Will Smith for not even attempting to copy that. Yeah, he was just being Will Smith, and it worked because yeah, Will people Smith won is that. Extremely um, charismatic. And here's the problem, though. Yeah. Because it is a beat by beat remake, you got to hit certain marks. Uh huh. So the songs are still there. Yeah. And, and then comes the problem. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't um, quite hit that mark when it comes Will to Smith, the remixes. Will uh, does have a music career. But it's a rapping career. It's a rapping. It's a pop rap career. Yeah. Now, to be fair, he's a decent rapper. Yeah, decent. Like he, like even getting jiggy with it made a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. and also like I saw a video of him uh, doing a rap battle, and he did he did quite well. Yeah, he's solid in freestyle. Yeah. So when you ask him to sing something as important as Prince Ali, yeah, and it comes out really flat. Or Arabian and, uh, Nights as well. We're like Arabian Nights was the worst one for me. Even like, the most tone deaf of us know. That's auto tune, like helping immensely in that aspect. Yeah, but not to the point where it's obnoxious. But I'll have to say this. Yeah, you didn't need to sing your parts, Will. I don't know if it's like hubris or it's like contractual obligations, but you could have just 
lip sync to a better singer. Like yeah. we, you're a genie. You're magical. We don't really need to hear your voice. You can bring that. a stand-in or someone like the weekend I mean, coming in. Disney has managed to get great singing performances out of people before. Like Dwayne Johnson did quite well in Moana. Yep, but he can't sing. Yeah, and yeah, also yeah. Lynn fucking Mamoru Miranda was there to like help him along. Nah, the best parts go. of Mary Poppins Return was the songs actually. Yeah, once again, Lynn Manuel yeah. Miranda is just a fucking juggernaut of music. Yeah, so. Uh, wanna address that first? So, Will Smith is genie. Uh, what are your general thoughts, John? It's different, which is good because I don't want an actor, popular or to not, try to try and ape, fill the shoes, right? Yeah, to fill yeah. in the shoes. To bring in that swagger and whatnot is commendable for Will Smith to do that. I mean, obviously, it's basically being his slightly older version of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but still, it worked. In, you know, mm. being Aladdin's best pal and all that, and just getting the wishes out and just getting the jokes out for the little kids and everything. So. It was fine in that regard. What do you think? Mm. I mean, I think we all mentioned our parts. I mean, this. I totally agree with you too. I think the best parts about the Will Smith performances is when he's not blue and he's just Will Smith. Which is actually like, about seventy percent of the time. Thank God, you know. Which is a great. This is a great way to like ha- handle a, a, like an actor like him because in the end, it's like, yeah, this guy's a movie star. Yeah. Like everybody, no matter who you put on the screen with him, is like no. He just takes up the whole. He chooses the scenery all by I mean, himself. I mean, it's still kind of the millennium. Yeah, and also, like, I mean, he's just got so much presence. Like, yeah. they should have allowed him to not do the songs the original way. Mm. If they, they should let him just rap. rearrange it or, like, yeah. you know, like, make it his style. Mm. You know what I mean? Because he he does have a penchant for understanding. Like, for he has the best hooks and melodies and samples for all of his hits. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Despite what you say, Wild Wild West is kind of a catchy song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You catchy song it. on the terrible movie. This terrible movie. movie. Catchy ass song, <laughs> though. Yeah, you hey, know what I mean? First Man in Black, alright movie. Great um, uh, credit song. Yeah. Great sample from Stevie Wonder right there. Mm. He knows how to pick the samples. Yeah. So it's like. Imagine if you gave him all this uh, Disney music and said, "Make it yours." You know what I mean? Don't try to do what uh, the don't 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 try to make it like what uh, Disney. You don't have to copy it. Don't cover it. Yeah. Do your version. You know, and it will work for your character because the genie has been kind of. I mean, we all know he's omni- omnipotent, omnipotent, omnipotence. You're right. The like, first yeah, time. Yeah, he yeah. exists on several timelines. He is what a, a glorious cosmic power. Yeah, and an itty bitty space. Phenomenal cosmic power. Yeah. There you go. And it's like, yeah, sure. Like, make him like. Oh, here's my friend Kendrick Lamar. He's gonna sing this part now. Like, oh, hey, because he's the genie. He can do that. Ah, sure. Yeah. And it still be better than them. And then, like, you can even get, like, freaking, like... And for the big finish, here's Adam Lambert. Like, everybody will be confused. Fuck yes! But then, like, it'll be like, yeah, that that's what the genie can do. He's, yeah. He takes references from all over. He can summon shit, basically. Yes, he can summon awesome Summon things. shit, you know? Like, uh, you don't know who this guy is, but he's gonna, he's, he's, he's gonna be huge. Yeah. Anyway, so... Uh, enough about Will Smith. Let's enough talk about, about Will Smith. other stuff. Um, so, the titular character, Aladdin, is probably one of the most... Fuck him. Boring... <laughs> like... He just, he was just, he made me think He of a was fuck there, boy. basically. <laughs> Aladdin's a fuckboy. Yeah, yeah, like he was I walking see around like that big swagger. He like, it was like he needed like, uh, you know, those star tattoos on his shoulders and he's like, like a backwards cap. He's anim- he was supposed to be animated, but he's a bit too animated, right? <laughs> yeah. But I think like, he's got like the big shit eating grin plastered on his face. Like you don't believe him to be a humble beggar thief, right? No, he's like... I just wanted to slap him silly. Like, I wanted a guy to catch him and cut his hand off mm. just for existing at, like that. Okay, and that, <laughs> that's harsh. What are you? Yeah, anyway, he's not, uh, he's not actually that bad when compared I mean, to the other characters. I mean, he's not terrible, but it's like, it's yeah. like he, I found him extremely annoying. He was grating. For you? 
Oh yeah, mm. I, I really couldn't stand. I don't know why, but I felt triggered. I think is the word. Oh, you get say. triggered very easily. We all know that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the way uh, when but, they pulled off that one running joke about jams, like halfway in the film, that was like, do we need that? Actually, that kind of. I mean, for the, the kids, maybe. Yams, but... Was that ad lib, or do you think that wasn't scripted? Right, that was him trying. Right, I guess it was him trying. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, but well done for um, Will Smith running on with it. I mean, yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. Will Smith but definitely has his chops. That was only funny because uh, he was saying like, "I was trapped in that lantern for a thousand years. I'd still rather be in there than here right now." <laughs> okay, that that was, still, a, that was that was good. Yeah, that was I good. mean, he's still the coolest character on yeah. the screen. Yeah. And then uh, you want to talk about Jasmine? Uh, yes, no, we should. Good she's casting. Good, she's she's good. She yeah. she she hits the she hits the notes. She does the lines. Did she's you guys fine. actually like this addition where basically instead of her just getting married off, she actually just wants to be Sultan? And stuff. Uh, I mean, that's new, right? Yeah, that's yeah, very it's new. It's a new yes. subplot. I mean, it's. I don't have an issue with like the concept, but the execution was so. It felt very cringy. It, it felt cringy. Very crowbarred in because I think they didn't quite hit the mark with the Captain Marvel thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So it's like, oh, we need to remind people that we have this thing that we want to talk about, and it's like, yeah, this seemed shoehorned in the weird way, and I think she, because of that, they gave her her own like solo song. Yeah, which actually I think that's a good song. It is. Yeah, but it is really good. Felt, it felt very out of place for it me. It felt out of place, but uh, it was making me think, like, I hope that this replaces Let It Go as like the thing that Maybe, we all the time. I, nah. It's more uh, enjoyable. It's more powerful than... But Let It Go is so much more like... Meme-worthy. Catchier. <laughs> yeah. Meme-worthy. And meme-worthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would say this also is like... The thing about Jasmine's new character arc is like... Okay, sure. It's, it's more unnecessary padding for a movie that is way longer than it needed to be. Yeah. Like even the, like the whole Bollywood dance segment is like oh you, you, Hollywood's doing Bollywood jokes still like yeah we we are all aware of it why I I yeah you know what I mean it's like it's like oh look here's a here's a reference to Bollywood you know we're in the Middle East right this has nothing to do with India yeah uh, <laughs> I want to quickly tangent into like a big complaint I have is that the set design was all over the fucking place why do you say that it was a pastiche of everything from Morocco down to like Bang- Bangladesh and there was. No coherent theme to how people were dressed or the colors or. It felt pretty clean, actually. Like a stage theater played with a bigger budget, but it didn't feel like a movie. But like movie prop. You're Disney. You have the money to throw around. Why does it look like a cheap production by someone? It does. Who's, yeah, it feels like that. You're right. Yeah, yeah. who saw yeah, Aladdin yeah. once and thinks he knows what the Middle East looks like? I would say not just that. Like I, I wouldn't blame the art direction or the costume direction, but I did. They did kind of try to establish that like Agrabah is kind of like. A melting pot like you have people from all over there i mean i guess but, but it wasn't i think for you maybe they didn't establish it enough for you for it to justify all but of this. it just it looks messy and also they had stuff like roman frescoes in one of the buildings it's like why yeah. okay, nah, but, okay then again i mean it could also add to the fantasy element where maybe. this is an fantasy there's Middle no East actual place called place. Agrabah. Yeah, yeah but like yeah. since you're stretching out this movie anyway add like maybe a minute of dialogue to explain why the fuck it's so you know, messy. Yeah. It probably exists in some director's cut or maybe, yeah, yeah but I mean, it also, you can also have to understand is like most most of the times when this thing's on a, on a bit of a, of a budget on a production line, here's some yeah. creative guys like, okay, here's my concept, here's my sketches and like, uh, we ha- we can't get that exactly, let's get that. That's, that's close that's, enough. That's close enough and yeah. it's within budget. So, you can't really blame them if things are not consistent. I mean, yeah. Like, if you have something like Game of Thrones where it's definitely a fantasy world but you can borrow elements, then yeah. sure. And then, like, when you have something like this, like, if you want to make it historically accurate, like, historically accurate? Well, I don't think everybody wore that color then. <laughs> no, no. no. You know what I mean? But, so at the same time, it's like, okay, so it's a fantasy story. 
I mean, we can be a bit forgiving, but I would do agree in sense of like what John said, where it's like, why does this feel like a, super like, clean? You know, it just feels like it's. It a feels like play. a stage production. Yeah, yeah it does feel. It like, doesn't yeah. feel like a lived-in world. Mm-hmm. Especially the palace felt extremely small. Yeah, it didn't feel as grandiose as it should be. But I mean, a lot of things only happen in that one room anyway. I guess so, but like, if a cartoon from '91 feels bigger and more ambitious, but you can draw that. Yes, you can. Here, you have to actually build it or purchase yes, it. I guess so, but still, like, uh, this they is could have actually shot it better in a way. Yeah. On two comic book movies. But comic book movies bring back a billion. But so does something like, like, like Beauty and the Beast yeah. did not bring back a billion dollars. So you have damn to, close. I mean, it, yeah, but you have to understand. Like Avengers Endgame brought back a billion dollars in the first week. Yeah. Whereas like Beauty and the Beast took a time. I know. And so I'm very like, sure I, Aladdin will probably get back its money and more because again, it's remaking something that people like. Yeah, it's not going to be a total failure. People no. are going to just watch it out of curiosity but or because they're fans. Su- it's going to succeed, but I mean, I really don't want it to because this. This is a failure of ambition. So how are you going to feel when they finally do the Little Mermaid one? I don't give a shit about Little Mermaid. <laughs> They're going to have to, right? That's the only one they have, right? Yeah. The only one uh, that I still have a bit of hope for is uh, Mulan. They're going to do that? Uh, historically yeah. accurate Mulan? Mulan Why? <laughs> because China. China market. See, China market. That's the reason for Three Kingdoms too. Because yeah. China. If everybody in China bought this, yep, we made our money back. But but hey, uh, they sold a million copies of Total War in the first week. Yeah. That's like the best sales they've ever had. Yeah, because Chinese yeah. Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Once you once you put slap that on, everyone in and China it's in the with top a PC wants of it. most concurrent Steam uh, being played. Really? Yeah, it's in the same ranks as like Counter Strike and Dota. You know what? I mean, sorry to tangent, yeah. but you know what Total War needs to do next, right? What? Uh, uh, the next scenario should be. Uh, Total War Battle for Winterfell Calvary last <laughs> Do it. This is how You're supposed to win <laughs> Actually that was my favourite thing Like after the Battle of Winterfell I was watching one of Like the Total War YouTubers Like okay So I should put my uh, Siege engines up front That's what I should do right Jon Snow it's like <laughs> Every Total War player Was shitting on that episode <laughs> That's good. This is Yeah that's how you lose a, That's how you lose A fortified settlement <sighs> Well done Anyway so Speaking of fortified settlements What do you guys think Of Jafar He's very weak sauce. Very, yes. very, very Thing weak is, sauce. I don't think it's a problem necessarily with the actor. Oh, no, no, no. It's definitely actor. I don't know actor. him, but I think it's like he, he either should have been written like utterly uh, ridiculous camp or super sinister. Not this weird halfway mark yeah. where he doesn't know what to do. And there was actually it, an interesting re- backstory where he was a thief like Aladdin, but apart from that one scene later in the movie involving the lamp, it's a just the fact him it. being able to yeah. like uh, pickpocket Aladdin. That's it. Sure. That's all that's been yeah. done. I mean, there's nothing that kind of ties into like how, how the final fight will be with him, you know? Like, Did, was it originally fight. the parrot who stole the lamp back for him? The, yeah. In the original, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm. See, there you go. So it's like, it's a, it's a case of like, okay, we can't have the parrot do it anymore because you had the amazing Gilbert Gottfried who would, you could animate with. Yeah. And it's like, it would be definitely a whole, like, you know, heist scene. Whereas this one is like, it's Alan Tudyk. It's, it's just a parrot. <laughs> Yeah. Although I think this Iago was better than the animated version. Why? Because he was really sinister. I and don't. Like I don't. Parts, I don't feel that with this. I don't buy that. But, <laughs> I was like, just the why, like when they were doing shots, and you just like out of focus, just like in the corner of the frame, just like fly in. So it kind of added to the sense of like they're unknowingly being watched, and it added like a sense of paranoia. You picked this parrot over Gilbert Gottfried's parrot. Yeah. 
I, wow. I, I kind of see that. I see where Tom is coming from, but personally, again, maybe it's because of the annoyance factor of Gilbert Gottfried that makes me want to hate and love the parrot more in, uh, yeah. you know, well, the first Aladdin. I mean, Aladdin. obviously, this, this would have been perfect if they got back Gilbert Gottfried and <laughs> made him just do the Aristocats uh, sketch for like five minutes into the movie. The Aristocrats. Aristocrats, whatever. <laughs> Aristocats. Well, we're still in the Disney realm, so yeah, bring it up. Hey, so they could do that sketch, but with the Aristocats. Uh, yeah. They're... Okay, so... Um, so here's where I'm gonna like segue into. So, Iago, Abu, and even the what's the name of the, the tiger again? Uh, Raja, Raja, Raja. Raja. I'm worried about the Lion King movie. Yeah, because they looked a bit. Here's the thing. Scary. They looked like animals. Yes, scary, scary like, animals. I wouldn't even say it's scary. I would say like even when you have those heartwarming moments between Aladdin and Abu, and in the original animation, like Abu was animated. He had personality. He could smile. He could wink. He could show frustration. Whereas this is just like a monkey. That's what a monkey looks like when he wants to throw shit at you, yeah, or yeah. bite your face off, or bite your face yeah. off, and or, then or cuddle you. Like you just you don't know. What you don't know because the thing is, is like okay, so like the animals for some reason because when you like translate it from animation to live action so the thing is you gotta make it live action it has to be it has to look like a fucking tiger or it has to look like a fucking like you know parrot and it's like oh yeah you, you can't do much with it once it enters that you know you have to like go towards the other side of the uncanny valley yeah yeah, yeah. So I mean, now, when I was looking at it, I was like thinking, how the hell are they going to do Lion King now? I know, like... It's just going to be like fucking National Geographic, but they're talking now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's With like, that weird lip-syncing thing, which won't quite work. Yeah, it's like when you... It's, well, remember there was a period back like five or ten years ago where somebody figured out how to make dogs talk and there was nothing but talking dogs movies for a while? Yes, I saw Cats and Dogs. And it's like, you looked at it, it's like, why is this entertaining? Well, it was entertaining for me because I was six. It was for so, kids. You're not six anymore. <laughs> no. So you're gonna have to sit through an entire Lion King where it's just animals, and their mouths move, but they can't smile, they can't uh, blush, they can't you know show any other emotion than what, like their faces structurally are biologically designed hey, to do. I'm only going there to hear Charles Gambino sing "Can't Wait to Be King." Why is that a good idea? Because it's Charles Gambino. Okay, so. I think John but, Oliver is playing a Zazu, right? If I remember. Yeah, yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> should have been Tom Oliver. Yeah, Oliver. <laughs> hey, I could probably do just as good a job. Yeah. Like, Imagine a Zazu just talking about Total War and Simba's like, what the hell? Uh, and Paradox <laughs> I have no games. idea what that means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, they wouldn't even need to animate Zazu. They just, just like, cast you. <laughs> Oliver. No, just cast you. You're, yeah. uh, we couldn't get John Oliver. He's too expensive. We got this guy, Tom Oliver. Hi. Hi. <laughs> You're British, you'll do. Yeah. You're British, you'll do. Yeah, anyway, even with John Favreau's name as a director, I'm also a bit worried how this Lion King Favreau will turn out. Favreau has more hits than misses, I would say. Favreau is just putting his name on it. Remember, this is a Disney movie. He needs the yeah. money. They're not directing. Yeah. They, just, they, they, they just show up to drink coffee and like, yeah, roll, Yeah, the print. last time John Favreau had any like good artistic license was Chef. But that was a good movie. Chef yeah. was a great movie. I yeah. loved it. Did you and feel... Also, I mean, I honestly don't really feel... I mean, this is, a spot, this is around directors, like... Um, Guy Ritchie, his stamp and everything. I don't know if it's I not feel there. that. I, yeah, I could not have told you this was a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, there was nothing. There's to, nothing about this was, that looks like a Guy Ritchie there movie. There was no like posse of like mates. There was no like um like uh. That would be so panning. fun uh, if it was Aladdin and his no three fight scenes. Three other like no just hood like you know like street urchins. Yeah, see, like this is the thing. Like we were saying, oh, we were kind of worried about that when we were talking about yeah. when we found out who was directing. I would love to have seen that. Like some kind of, I don't know, risk. I know 
some creativity, yeah, like how, some imagination. How do I recommend the largest company in the world take a little bit of creative risk? Like, <laughs> Disney could hemorrhage uh, losses from every single of their movies for the next 20 years and still make money from their licensing. Are you insane? You know how much cocaine that they'll be losing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, we need to pay the electricity bills for uh, the head somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, we all understand. I mean, like, we've all established this. Is like, when we see a Disney movie, like, yeah, it's not the director's fault. It's because Disney is, just wanting to make money it's off this, of like Whatever they're giving the director is nowhere close to what the executives are making. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, whenever people start blaming, like, oh, Guy Ritchie, you messed up Aladdin. It wasn't his fault, actually. Yeah, I mean, like, give him flag for messing up King Arthur. Like, he's still... No, that was his fault. That's <laughs> definitely his fault. That was definitely his fault. Yeah. <laughs> making a laddish King Arthur. Who thought that would be a good idea? Oh, no. I, remember when I defended that movie at first? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about this show, watching Tom get disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and if anything, uh, yeah, so this happened and the cynicism a lot of people is definitely about it. there, but in terms of like, you know, as a movie on its own, just trying to cash in on nostalgia, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, we, have, a lot worse. we have lived through the ages when, Di- when Disney had, what, the direct to sequel DVDs and shit? Which yeah, is very, but, very I mean bad. that's no marker for praise or quality, sir. We can't just say like it could have been worse. We have to say like, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if we compare every movie that's been released in the last twenty years to The Room, yeah, they're all amazing movies. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a marker of quality. Oh, uh, how could you? Brie Larson was amazing. <laughs> or the other room. Uh, yeah, yeah, the other room. Uh. <laughs> oh how hi, Tom. Brie Larson was also amazing. <laughs> oh hi, Shafiq. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh hi, Bree. Oh hi, <laughs> oh hi, Mark. <laughs> oh. oh hi, Aladdin. <laughs> hi, Abu. You funny monkey. Actually, I kind of <laughs> want to see Tony Wiseau's version of Aladdin. I want to see Tony Wiseau's version of Aladdin. Hi, Aladdin. I'm very handsome. Why you make fun of me? Oh hi, the genie. <laughs> oh hi, genie. How's your sex life? <laughs> oh hi, genie. I hate you. I hate you so much. Oh, genie, give me wish. Speaking of, I hate you, genie. I uh, want to be king. Sultan. There's one more thing that I think we all need to rip on. Okay. So there's another character that was added. Uh, uh Pendrat's character, right? Who has this side story love affair with the genie. Because we need to confirm with everyone that Will Smith is not gay. Like he's so sexy. Yeah, because I guess Scientology needs to make sure that they have no like. No, because Jada Pickin Smith is like, no. <laughs> Dude has like three kids, whatever. But Honestly, Are you sure they're kids? <laughs> fuck, fuck the handmaiden and everything to do with that side story because, yeah. like, it was only there to justify the weird opening they had where like Will Smith is on a boat and he's human. Talking yeah, to kids. It it's lazy writing. It's it's just you're at writing yourself into a corner for the sake of having a slightly different opening. What's wrong with the opening from the animated thing where you have some sleazy fucking merchant trying to sell you a lamp? And he tells you this bullshit story so you can buy the fucking Because lamp. America is woke and people will call that racist. So instead of showing a sleazy merchant... So make merchant, it a white guy who's a sleazy <laughs> merchant. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's no longer racist. Oh my god, you're right. That's how it works. Make all villains white. <laughs> no, because like instead of the sleazy merchant, it's like, oh, now we need to show this kind of successful explorer slash... Oh, it's just Will Smith. You know why? Because Will Smith said... Uh-uh, I ain't gonna be a sleazy merchant. It doesn't have to be him! It could be literally anyone! <laughs> exactly. There are thousands of actors out there. Because we had we ha- we need to establish who's she again? Oh, she was the handmaiden to Jasmine. Wait, you chose living in a palace 
with nothing but like servants and like like the, the treasures of the east to follow this asshole on a boat forever on a shitty little boat sure and also what really amazes me is like you know genie i wish to be free i want to be human why do you want to be human humans suck <laughs> we're terrible we're broken half the time and we die after 80 years because we have shitty warranty you could be unlimited cosmic power without the restraint of being an Aladdin. It did make the 99.2 Aladdin's of freedom thing a little bit, make, makes more sense. He's still a magical being, yeah. but he's free. Yeah. Well, we need him for the TV show, <laughs> which was pretty good. Actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was actually quite a fun TV show. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was just so that, so we have to stop animating you as blue. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason they added like, I want to be human. Because we don't have the budget to make Hugh Blue for the last 10 minutes of this fucking movie. I mean, like, do you want to complain about the fact that because you can animate it, you can definitely go in all sorts of weird and wonderful zany directions. Whereas when you have to actually film it, CGI it, and composite it, 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 it feels like whenever Blue Will Smith was trying to do something wacky or zany and things pop up here and there, it looks so cut and paste. Yeah. It, does. it looked like they, 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 this is probably the best take of the best on the best day. And like, like, yeah, the friend like me segment was. Oh, so <laughs> lackluster. <laughs> Like, you sensed it, right? It's like, yeah. yeah you sh I know Will Smith is trying to make it fun, but at the same time, nah, that's not no, really good. I, I do not blame Will Smith in this in the slightest. I think he did, he the, did what he did. Yeah. The very he best he brought the energy do, in, yeah. And I admire every actor apart from Mena Masood because seriously, dude, stop being such a fuckboy. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else did the absolute best they could. Yeah, even Nassim Pendrat as the annoying handmaiden, she she worked it out, I guess. It was a fun yeah. role. Yeah. I mean, the character was terrible, but it's like, yeah, I mean, performances-wise, they did what they had to do. Yeah. Uh, Only Jafar was like, you could have gone bigger. Yeah, yeah. He could have been more flamboyant and evil. Either you know? full-on camp yes. or like extremely like Charles Dance levels of sinister. Yes, mm. yes. Can you imagine if Charles Dance was uh, Jafar? Yes. That would be awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like fucking Tywin Lannister. I actually would like Charles Dunst to play Raja. <laughs> yeah. A talking tiger. <laughs> He'd be perfect. Yeah. He's so good he can play the tiger. <laughs> He's just there. <laughs> Dwarf. Okay. So uh, let's wrap this shit up, bros. Because you know what? I just want to put it into a small ball and tuck it up a turban. What do you guys give? 3 out of 10. How about you, John? 3 out of 10. It's not... Why does like, this even need to be made apart from making money, like, you know? Na Naomi Scott deserves so much better. She was better in the Power Rangers movie. I think those three points I, I gave her were it. probably <laughs> just for Naomi Scott. She was Pink That's Ranger. It. Okay, now I, now I really barely remember it. Yeah. Uh, oh, I need to stay in brand two upon ten. There you, go. Uh, you have to be lower than us. <laughs> I have to be. Yeah. No, uh, for, like, yeah. It was, it's, it's a bad movie. It exists. If you're curious, uh, there are definitely other ways to watch this. Or just do Robin Williams' family a favor and watch the original one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which is available and on Netflix still right now as we speak. Yeah, still I mean, available on Netflix. Here is the thing that I want to say: it's not like a bad quality movie. No, it, no, it's, it's a got, movie. You got Disney movie, Disney money behind. Of course, it's well made. Well, like the writing is like you know safe, but whatever. It's a low score because you need to do better. And we expect it lacks a lot of things. Like you are remaking one of your most iconic movies of the last. 30 years almost now. Mm -hmm. uh, you need to do better than this bullshit. I mean, like, if you do a remake, right, yeah, you will be compared to the original. Yeah, like, you better knock it out of the park. <laughs> like, after uh, Infinity War and Endgame, I am holding Disney to an entirely new standard for every single thing they pump out. Really? Yeah, because they've showed that if they put in care and money, they can deliver truly awe-inspiring uh, pieces of entertainment. I've been doing that since The Little Mermaid, sir. 
<laughs> okay, I'm. I'm really strict with Disney. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am. How about you, John? Thirty years late to the party, <laughs> dude. I'm fifty years late to the party. Yeah. They've been around, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Disney has always been hitting out of ballpark since like the Great Mouse Detective and even the older films like um. Black Cauldron wasn't all that. No, I didn't like that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like Black Cauldron either. No, no. But I mean, you have to understand also, like, okay, yeah, Disney, you want to own everything. And then, like, definitely their end game is like, okay, we have all these formulas that we have put in place. We've done the research. We've done the, the focus groups. We've done the testing. It's going to be the same fucking movie forever. We're just going to production line everything. Because what I'm totally afraid of is because after Endgame, every superhero movie is going to do the, the Marvel formula again, but mm-hmm. with new characters. So they can just like push it to us. It's like, no, no, no. It's it's a new thing. Look, it's a new character, new villains, new stories. Yeah, like, they're going to do the same thing. But it's the same yes. shit over and over again. Yeah, also, and resurrect Miramax, you cowards. They won't. Well, but you also that's like now it's like okay, Disney. Disney is gonna be the, the boring corporate thing. Yeah, it's, it, like, it's happening, and it's, it's it's it happened right after Endgame, and it's nice to see all those Avengers, like all those actors, tap out and sign the check. They literally yeah. signed the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yep, we're done with this shit. <laughs> you guys have it. We'll take our million dollars and try to do our personal like you know projects now. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like yeah, you guys deserved it. You suck it up for ten years. Go ahead. Create your create your passion projects, mm-hmm. and then like oh god, and then assholes like us have to be re- reviewing this until the end of our times. <laughs> yeah, we're going to like be on our deathbed reviewing like Avengers ninety five. That's literally on your tombstone. Yeah, yeah. Did not like the Aladdin remake. <laughs> Sexist. <laughs> but the best part was Naomi. Naomi Scott <laughs> was good. Her. That's a quote. But he hated the Handmaiden. Oh. Uh, well, <laughs> no, I, I hated the fuckboy. boy. <laughs> yeah, the fuck boy. Oh, he's racist too. <laughs> anyway, folks, this has been the Last King podcast. Don't watch Aladdin or watch Aladdin. You know what? We don't care because we. That's watch how the we original do. Aladdin while playing Total War Three Kingdoms. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. or play Aladdin on Sega. Yeah, the oh, Sega Mega Drive. That's the game. best Aladdin. <laughs> Suck it, Super no, Nintendo guys. Okay, the best sequel to Aladdin already exists. Yes. Okay, so uh, this has been uh, Prince Shafiq. <laughs> this has this been, has uh, been Genie Mr. Toffee. This has been the Genie, Mr. Genie Toffee. Toffee. And this has been uh, the little monkey centric song. <laughs> 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 <laughs>